for you now from Isaiah 58. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer when you cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continuously and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Part of Isaiah's message is don't fast if it's only a show. Jesus had a similar teaching. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Please don't mistake the lessons. They're not don't fast or don't practice piety. They're not even don't be seen fasting or practicing piety. They're don't fast or practice piety in order to be seen. The difference between a religious 
act for show and a religious act for devotion is not who sees the act or how well the act is performed or how perfect is the actor. The difference between a religious act for show and a religious act for devotion is the reason behind the action. From time to time, people will tell me they aren't sure if they have enough faith or believe the right things in order to participate in worship. They don't want to be frauds. They feel like they should meet some faith threshold before they can worship in an authentic way. I've never told anyone to not participate in worship because they didn't believe rightly or didn't believe sufficiently. Keep coming, I've always said. Keep doing the things of faith until you have faith. And then keep doing the things of faith because you have faith. But I would caution someone honest enough to admit that he is only doing the things of faith in order to be seen by others doing the things of faith. Or that she is only doing the things of faith in order to force God to do something for her. That they've missed the mark. It may not be a fatal miss. God has arrows in his quiver too. Perhaps he or she will be pricked by God and end up believing and acting on those beliefs. I wouldn't put that past God. But Isaiah warned, God is not pleased or fooled by devotion that is only for selfish purposes. Devotion to a generous God, it turns out, always results in self-giving. There's a lot of giving going on today. Someone asked me what I'm giving Sally for Valentine's Day. Ashes, I said. (laughs) Lucky spouses get ashes on Valentine's Day. Others will get more typical gifts like chocolate or flowers, whatever, to each his own. I'm told that some pastors are combining the two, not just for their special someones, but for everyone. If you don't like the soberness of a cross emblazoned on your forehead in ash, I'm told some are making heart-shaped ashes on people's foreheads. I don't know why they stopped there. Why not turn our baptismal font into a chocolate fondue fountain? And we could smear chocolate on your forehead. Maybe give you long stem roses with extra sharp thorns. It'd be a show. People would talk. We'd get a reputation for creative acts of piety even if our intention had nothing to do with God. Here's the thing. Ash Wednesday is neither romantic nor cute. I know of no greeting card that says roses are red, violets are blue, I'm a sinner and you are too. No bouquet comes with a note, since we're both mortal, would you like to go out before it's too late? 
Ash Wednesday has nothing to do with Cupid's heart and everything to do with God's heart toward us and our heart toward God. Love is absolutely a part of Ash Wednesday. We're reminded across the scriptures that God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. But is love in the shape of a cross made of ashes, not a heart made of chocolate? This isn't the kind of love that can be represented by what you can pick up on, at a store on your way home from work. The love expressed today and throughout this season, most especially on Good Friday, is a costlier love. It's a durable, lasting love. It's a love more like the love we see when someone wipes the chin of her spouse for the thousandth time, not because he was a little messy with his spaghetti, but because his motor skills have diminished to the point that he can't control them anymore. And yet she's still there wiping. And knowing better than to expect a card or flowers or a thank you or even a smile. The love that comes in the shape of a cross made of ash is one that looks for sinners to eat with. And for hungry to feed. And for naked to clothe. And for policies to challenge. When their likeliest result is a more difficult life for those who already have the most difficult lives among us. Even when we know our own self-interest is at stake. Love in the shape of a cross is love that acts in merciful ways, not because they will manipulate God into doing our bidding, but because God's own bidding is to love us even unto death. And if we really wanted to spoil the romance of the day, we'd talk about how gruesome that death was. What we can talk about is a God who sees something in us that we may not see in ourselves. An ability to live justly and kindly and, and humbly with God. And an understanding about ourselves that we sometimes overlook, that we are too broken to live justly and kindly and humbly with our God by ourselves, as if by our own muscular acts we can make this happen. Both are true. God is empowering these acts so that we can live in these ways. And to miss either is to become those who think repentance and fasting and righteous living are simply acts to curry favor with God or whoever else might be watching. Why do it if God's not looking or they won't see? Or to think that we're too far gone to even try. Why do it if we're just going to fail? Anyone who has ever served as a parent, a teacher, a coach, a church leader, a committee chair, who's just been around people, knows that you can't do it, don't try. Or you'll always get it right, go for it. 
are lies that stand in the way of success. Success in the matters of faith is not perfect faith or perfect piety, but intention. We fast with the intention of knowing God and the ways of God better. We serve with the intention of loving God and neighbors more fully. We worship with the intention of honoring God and experiencing Him more deeply. We love the one who turns the ashes of our sin and our mortality into a sign of hope. What you'll receive on your forehead isn't just any smudge from any product. It's ash from palm branches in the shape of a cross. It's a reminder that though we are hopelessly sinful and mortal, we are not hopeless. We are loved by God who joins us in our dust and then loves us even unto death on a cross. Thanks be to God. Amen.